Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Women's splaining. Um, we've always been splaining things. Uh, so I, I, I would say that <laughs> when women's splaining uh, occurs is when we finally see the stage that is presented to us and step onto it. Mansplaining is when men condescendingly explain something to a woman. But is there such a thing as womansplaining? And what does that sound like? In this conversation, four podcasters discuss the challenges of making shows in traditionally male-dominated genres, like sports and tech, and how to explain and illuminate without condescending to their listeners. I'm Tanzina Vega, and this is Work It! The Podcast, a compilation of some of the best moments from the live event. Good morning, everyone. Hi. Uh, This is the Woman Splain This To Me session. If you do not want to be woman splained to, uh, you're the wrong conference. Uh, I'm Joni Deutsch. I am podcast lead for WFAE, which is Charlotte's NPR news source. Um, In addition to being podcast lead, I also host a music podcast called Amplifier where we explore the Charlotte music scene. I've been happy to been able to host NPR music programming, be the first female guest host of Mountain Stage, and uh, contribute to NPR music's uh, leading or turning the tables initiative uh, about taking back the narrative of women contributing to the music industry. And I think that's why we're all here today is that uh, for a number of us, we work in fields and genres of podcast and work that are male-dominated, whether it is music or pop culture, nerdum, uh, sports, tech. And that's really what this session is today. It is figuring out how can we navigate these waters together, elevating everyone's voice so that when we walk into a room, we can confidently say, and we know it in our hearts to say, that we are the experts. We do not need to be talked down to. So I'm so happy to have a wonderful group of women with me today. I'll briefly introduce them. Uh, We have Adele Jackson Gibson right there in the center. She is a Brooklyn-based writer, model, and actor, passionate about sports, so passionate, in fact, that she co-hosts the Rule Breakers podcast, where she interviews women making moves in the sports industry. Uh, Angelique Roche is right to my right. She's a graduate of George Washington University Law School, been working in law and politics for a number of years. But rather than give you a very plain view of the law, a very uh, maybe boring side of it, she hosts podcasts like Geeksplain and Marvel's Voices to show the intersection of pop culture, current events, and social justice. She is such a nerd. Really great to have her. Um, And I say that because I am also a nerd. Um, And for many that are fans of WNYC programming, you may know of the voice and face of Manoush Samarodi. She created and hosted the podcast Note to Self, recently launched the amazing media company Stable Genius Productions, and its first project, which she hosts, called ZigZag, uh, plots the changing course of cryptocurrency, the blockchain, and women's lives. Um, So thank you all so much for being here today. Um, I guess to get started, you know, you all are in uh, different fields, and I'm wondering why did you choose podcasting to branch out in those genres? And I want to start with Adele. Yeah, um, I mean, I got into podcasting just because I grew up uh, listening to NPR uh, as a kid, every day my parents just had the radio on all the time. Um, and so I've always been really interested in live storytelling and just the authenticity that comes um, with podcasts. Um, and re- in regards to sports, I, fo- I found um, since becoming a sports writer that there are a lot of women who are involved in the industry. 
Um, but if we're reading all these articles, sometimes you don't know that it's a woman. We don't always check bylines online. Um, so me and my co-host, co Anya, um, what we're doing is helping to bring those women to light through this, this, this podcast um, so we could hear their voices, get to know them and their journeys and what they deal with. Um, and yeah, it's just been incredible and a lot of fun. So Adele, actually, I do want to play a clip um, of you uh, talking a little bit more about why it's important for women to have the voice in podcasting. Even yesterday, I was reading this article about the WNBA, and it used some language that I was like, oof, this mm. is troubling to me, and I think would probably be troubling to other people. And it was a man who wrote it. And I was like, I mean, I'm happy you wrote this. And like, generally the article is good, but the way that you phrase this is like actually really offensive. And I was sitting there kind of like stewing about it. And I like sent it to some friends. I was like, oh, this is bad. But then I was like, wait, I could just tell him, you know, I could just be like, yo, like this is, you might want to think about the way that you like rethink the way you did this. And so I DM'd him and I was like, look, like you just might want to change up this phrase. Like some people might read it and take it the wrong way, which I know is not how you intended it. And he was like, oh yeah, that's a good call. Thanks for pointing it out. And it's like, there we go, problem solved. Yeah. Wait, what was the phrase? Yeah, let me, um, let me clear that up. So I actually don't know what this phrase was in this context, um, but this was an interview I did with a writer, uh, WNBA beat reporter named Natalie Weiner. Um, and uh, one of the reasons why we interviewed her was that she, um, didn't directly call out an NBA beat reporter who's fairly big, but she um, noticed, she was reading, um, uh, she was doing some research on um, the WNBA and looked to this guy's um, basketball um, book and realized it was about um, the history of basketball in America. And he left out all of you know women's basketball entirely from the history of it. And basically was like, yeah, this is an example of like how women get you know, written out of history all of the time. And so what ended up happening was um, she mentioned on Twitter, um, his followers saw it and like basically called her out. And um, Shay is the NBA beat reporter. They actually became friends after that and she ended up helping him to um, write more about women's sports. Um, and I just like Natalie because the conversation that just played was actually her talking to another man who was trying to write about women's sports because more people are trying to get more attention on women's sports. And um, just the language that he used was off. I'm unclear as to what that word was. She didn't want to be super specific with that, but just how sometimes on Twitter, uh, we like to get on in these arguments with people who are just like really ignorant about women's stuff. And um, I just like the way that she went about it in terms of like going directly to the person being like, hey, let me help you rephrase what you wrote just so that going forward, we don't have any more, um, you know, misunderstandings. So yeah, I wish I knew what it was. <laughs> so Angelique, that yeah. actually brings up, uh, that's a great transition to you and why you got into podcasting, because I think we have another example of something you've encountered. Yeah. Uh, so I, I always joke, I didn't choose podcasting. Podcasting chose me. Um, I actually started off as a, a journalism major, did feature journalism in college, and then my parents were like, hey, so uh, go to law school, because you want to be an actor and a journalist, and we don't want you waiting tables. Um, I ended up waiting tables after grad school. For the record, it did not solve that problem at all. 
Um, but uh, a couple months ago, uh, I guess, wow, it was a year ago, uh, I was actually in the Middle East doing photography for another artist uh, and remembered how much I love being able to tell the stories of other people, whether it was through photography or it was through my feature journalism or my nerd culture journalism. Because for me, a lot of people have this thing where it's, oh, it's a comic book. Oh, it's just a video game. Oh, it's just a TV series. It's not that big deal. A 12-year-old is reading that comic book. A 22-year-old is making that video game. It impacts and influences how we see the world and how we normalize. And so when you have this ability to tell the stories of the creators like Sana Amanath, who created Ms. Marvel and why she created Ms. Marvel, um, who is the first Muslim American superhero, or you have a conversation with a Mariko Tamaki, who is um, of an Asian descent, but she's writing X-23, who is the clone of Wolverine. I know there's some nerd out there who gets where I'm going with this. Um, or you have an opportunity to talk. So I'm a big Doctor Who fan, uh, which is kind of where all of this comes from. Uh, and the reason why is because a lot of folks don't realize that the first producer of Doctor Who was a woman. In fact, she was the first woman to produce a BBC show. And her director was a person of color. Not just was he a man of color, he was a gay man of color. And you have so many people out there who look at things like Doctor Who and like Star Trek, and they want to take the social justice aspect out of it. Or even the Twilight Zone, where Rod Serling was a huge advocate against censorship, but also utilized the Twilight Zone to talk about very difficult issues that no one wanted to talk about at that time. And so there are a lot of women of color who are here, and the reason why I decided, because obviously this is my passion, but why make it my job, is that there are not enough black women and not enough people of color who are, who are talking back against, oh, my nerddom is not about social justice. Well, it is. And then you have these moments where this happens. Um, so a couple weeks ago, and I have another show called The Radical Geeks that I do with another Sci-Fi Wire contributor, uh, Kara Horn, the blurred girl. And this popped up on our timeline where a guy was like, oh, you know, women aren't vocal enough about nerd culture. You know, they need to be more vocal like they're vocal about Beyonce. I mean, I'm sure this is playing behind me. Also, I love Fenty products, and I will raise it to the roof how much I love it. <laughs> Uh, but I also love Nettie Okorafor, who is currently writing Shori. And I also love Marika Tamaki, who is writing. And Nettie Okorafor, for those who don't know, is an amazing writer. Um, she's Nigerian-American. She's also written for Black Panther. And literally, the greatest thing ever happened when this tweet happened. Women pounced. And we just started going, Roxanne Gay is written. And it literally just went down the list of women of color who are writing and people who are gender non-conforming, non-binary, who are writing, but also who talk on nerd culture, who do this every single day, because they've got organizations like Black Girl Gamers that are out there being vocal. And so I love the fact that, and the work I do is that specifically is how do I ensure, in my show Geeksplain, we're talking about the women and the women of color and all of the different things that have happened. And so for me, it's very important to ensure that all of the contributions and the normalization that happens within pop culture, which is impacting the next CEO, it's impacting the next entrepreneur, it's impacting how our society sees people of color, is also talked about as well.
I don't know how to go after that. That was great. Uh, maybe I shouldn't. Uh, we're done. Uh, Manoush, what about you um, and using podcasting as a way to bridge that gap between uh, what people assume to be you know, women's genres and then what you're doing, which is saying, no, actually, the intersection of women's rights or you know, women's studies and Bitcoin and technology, it's all there. There's a lot in that question, Tony. Um, <laughs> Sorry, tell me everything. So, okay, so my um, quick origin story, uh, hardcore BBC News uh, producer and reporter, breaking news producer and reporter, uh, then I was at Reuters, um, and then I, a few years ago, was go went out for lunch with uh, Charlie Herman, who's the business editor at WNYC, and this was in 2012, and I was like, dude, you need to be covering more of the tech economy. Uh, it's taking off in New York City, it seems like so obvious now, but he was like, bitch, I have no one to do that. And I was like, well, he's like, why don't you come and do that? So I was like, fine, all right. Um, I just had my second kid. I was kind of like, oh, I don't know if I can go back into a newsroom. Um, but I ended up doing a very short little weekly um, thing for Morning Edition about tech in New York City, sort of more from like a, a human perspective. And Laura Walker and Dean Capello uh, very generously came, and also Pat actually said, you know, we need more women uh, behind the microphone. And also this thing podcasting is kind of taking off. What do you think about turning it into a podcast? And um, so we did, we turned it into what ended up being called Note to Self, which was really uh, tech from a human perspective, how technology was changing people. And we did these kind of weird and innovative uh, interactive projects where we got tens of thousands of people to change their digital habits, to report back on how they change their habits. And, um, and a lot of the work that we did is actually cited in a lot of academic studies. I wrote a book based on one of those projects called Bored and Brilliant. Um, the paperback just came out. Um, and then, Earlier this year, Jen, my executive producer, Jen Poyant, who also was the executive producer of Two Dope Queens, um, we decided we were gonna strike out on our own, uh, which was terrifying. And we, part of the reason why we wanted to was because a philanthropist came to us and said, uh, I want to support you in your own endeavor, I'm gonna give you money. Um, but then that fell through, so that was really scary. Never quit your job until you have the check. Um, and but it was okay, because we actually had a rescue mission that came in, uh, a group called Civil, which, has anybody heard of Civil here? Um, it's a blockchain startup for journalism, and they were recruiting journalists to be part of the experiment, and Jen and I love experimenting, so we were totally down with that. They also gave us money, so we were really down with that. And, um, and then, and they were like, well, what is your new show gonna be about? And I was like, it's this, we have no idea what you're talking about when you're talking about cryptocurrency and game theory and token economies and Ethereum and actually the very first blockchain conference we went to was right here and I remember being like, I don't speak this language. And we were like, that's, that's the show. The show is these two moms who quit their stable public radio jobs to join a blockchain startup that they don't even understand how it works and all the anxiety and freakouts they're having trying to like launch a company as women entrepreneurs. Um, and so we made this tagline, zigzag, changing the course of capitalism, journalism, and women's lives. So very small endeavor, really, um, <laughs> that we have. And, um, and as you probably know, or maybe not, blockchain, crypto, it's, there are a lot of bros, like hardcore bros. If I thought tech was bros, crypto's way more bros. 
And, um, but I think that's so cool. Like we have all these bros listening to us who then have to listen for the, you know, female empowerment shit too. And then the women who come because they like hanging out with me and Jen, they learn about blockchain and they're really interested in it. And so we have this weird community that is um, people who would never interact on the outside have been brought together with this podcast. And I don't think that any other medium would have made that really possible. And I think we have a clip too. Should we play that? Yeah. Okay. Okay, here goes. Dear Manoush and Jen, please, please, please stop giggling and acting like embarrassed junior high girls every time the vocabulary or abstraction level goes beyond a seventh grade level. You are smart. That's why we listen to the podcast. Act like the intelligent, thoughtful people that you are. You don't know everything. You are in a learning process in a field that is new for all of us. That's fine. That's great but please stop acting like silly, dumb girls every time things get in-depth or interesting. It's not a good look, and it quickly gets tiresome. Still listening, David. Oh, David. Uh, I hope you will continue to listen when I tell you this. All the laughing that Jen and I do, which I guess sounds like giggling to you, it is genuine, and we laugh because... We know it's okay not to know everything, that this is a real-time exploration, an investigation into changes that are happening in tech and our culture. And you know what? We don't really care if it's not a good look because it's who we are. And I'm sorry if you find that tiresome, but I, I really do hope you will keep listening and get used to what strong, intelligent women sometimes sound like. I think that the show's new tagline might need to be zigzag, Come for the crypto, stay for the female empowerment. How did David respond? Did he ever respond? Oh, David didn't respond. <laughs> <laughs> but let me tell you, that is the number one thing that we get emails from men about. Being like, I thought David was right, but then I heard you school him, and now I get it, and I'm sorry. And that's amazing to me. I have so many men saying, like, I just had a conversation with my wife about her career in a way that we've never talked before, and thank you for that. Or my daughter, I'm, I'm listening with her, and it's okay, that, like I'm not psyched about your cursing, but I understand that women do curse, and, and that it's not that it's unladylike, it's because you're angry. Um, and so that's helpful for me with my daughter. So, um, fuck yeah, right? And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's something, um, I've seen with music podcasting that I've done in the last six years, uh, between where I was in West Virginia and where I am now in Charlotte, that um, not even just me being the host that, you know, I'm obviously a cisgender woman, but having that ability to highlight other women's voices and perspectives and music, which, you know, I had an artist I featured, and she's an amazing uh, leading woman in a band called Hello June, and she just is about to make her NPR music debut nationally. Um, I was really the person that interviewed her first. And when I asked all the artists I interviewed, like, tell me, like, did the interview help with your sales? Did it help you with exposure? Did it help you get gigs? She didn't tell me anything about that. And what she did was send me this little message that was just her saying, I never realized that there was an erasure of women's voices until I was able to see, wow, you highlighted more women than I could recount in music locally. And I value that. And thank you for highlighting, elevating those perspectives. And I think that's something that we forget. We don't know who's listening out there. It could be the next you know, president. It could be the next musician. It could be the next writer for Doctor Who. We don't know. And when we make these podcasts with our voices, with our perspectives, we are making sure there is a new generation of people that are going to come up and make kick-ass things. 
So on that note, um, I do want to get into the next question, uh, which is, uh, uh, what is the working definition then of woman spleen in your all's minds? I mean, mansplaining, we haven't really defined it. I think we all maybe have experienced it, which is having, a, maybe in my case I've had it, where a man has told me, let me tell you what I know that you don't know, without saying like, oh, let's have a conversation about it. So I don't know, you guys have probably different definitions of mansplaining, which then we can say, what is woman-splaining? Uh, what is mansplaining? Mm -hmm. That moment when you've said something correct, but they have to say the exact same thing right after you've said <laughs> it, because obviously you couldn't have been that factual, and or the moment where they question your expertise yeah in something. Uh, that particularly happens in the nerd sphere a lot, and it, it, it causes a lot of imposter syndrome for women and makes us over-prepare, um, particularly because you're sometimes walking into a room where it's not just that it's a room full of guys, it's generally a room full of cisgender white guys um, who are obviously much more expert than you are. Uh, key explanation, again, Doctor Who, um, a, a site called I Love the 80s put up a tweet the other day, and I shout out to Preeti Chipper, who is with Desi Geeks and is amazing. Um, Desi Girl Geeks is amazing. And it said, my Doctor Who fights Dalek. This is my Doctor Who. He fights Daleks and Cybermen. He doesn't fight social justice. And I was just like, one, your Doctor Who hashtag is D-R-W-H-O, and that's wrong. Um, and it's just, it's, it's one of those moments where someone who just wants to insert what their perspective is instead of the facts in, in erasing something that could be great and beautiful that so many people hold so dear. Yes. Adele, what do you think? I mean, okay, so mansplaining. Um, I'm trying to think of the times when I was mansplained too, and usually that man was not open to listening. Uh, I feel like mansplaining in the definition has not listening in somewhere in that. Uh, <laughs> and um, so on, on the contrast, um, women'splaining, I think, it, are we going into that? Are we? Sure. Sure, Go okay. Ahead. Let's do it. Uh, women'splaining. Um, we've always been splaining things, uh, so I... I, I would say that when women's planning uh, occurs is when we finally see the stage that is presented to us and step onto it. Um, I feel like um, now with the internet and the ability that we have to create these podcasts, um, a lot of us could have e easily said no. A lot of us could have not taken that opportunity to speak our experience, speak our interests, speak our identities, and I, f I find that women's planning and this era is now stepping up and really being like, this is me, this is my experience. Before I felt like I wasn't being listened to, but now there's the opening, I'm gonna be heard. Um, that's what women's planning is. I like that, that's good. Mm -hmm. um, my favorite was the, <laughs> the email I got, uh, several emails I got in response to the David, in response to my response to David, which was explaining to me what I had done to respond no. to David. So no. it was men explaining mansplaining to me, which I thought was fabulous. And I just, I just found an email that I sent to Jen. It was all caps. I was like, men explain mansplaining to women. <laughs> like, what the hell? It's gonna be like a bumper sticker. Um, <laughs> I feel a little uncomfortable with women explain this to me. I mean, I think what we wanna get to is a place where people 
um, the nuance is acceptable in conversation that um, that we make room for all kinds of like from my perspective I really try to make a tech podcast that is welcoming to someone who has deep knowledge of blockchain as well as to like my mom you know I really want to make it a place where um, different kinds of people can come together to learn and be entertained so I don't know if I'm into the women's plane I mean we're, we're far away from that beautiful utopia that I just described. So I would say in the meanwhile, women's planning to me um, is very specific. And it's the way that I talk about technology in that it's not um, about valuations or it's just about what I know or other people know. It's, a, it's really this important mixture of um, making sure our audience hears, like for example, in the first episode of ZigZag, um, you hear us having a conversation about how we're building our business, and then my husband texts me. We're at a bar, by the way, having a conversation about our business. And then my husband texts me and is like, oh my god, I have to stay at work late. Can you go get our kid from soft softball practice? And so you hear me like jogging drunkenly to pick up my 10-year-old from softball practice while talking about how we're going to structure our business. Like, you, we, we, I feel like the veneer of men as like right or wrong or uh, strong or weak and so many like good or bad. There are no binaries, it's bullshit. So it's hard and it's easy. It's, it's complicated and it's loving and difficult. And Jen and I are the best things that have ever happened to each other and we drive each other bananas and blockchain could save uh, the internet but it might not. Do you know what I mean? Like. It's complicated, and I feel like with mansplaining, it's just so clear, don't you see? And no, I do not see, and I'm tired of like nodding in agreement, and I'm like, no, it's really, it's hard, and there's no real answer, but we're gonna figure it out. I wanna, I wanna piggyback on that, because I think what you also said is that it shines light on those nuances, and it's about being in the room and shining the light on those nuances in a way where sometimes you, you have you ever seen the light go off in a guy's head? I was like, oh, I never thought about that. <laughs> it, it's not that different. It, like, it literally happened yesterday, and I, I don't want to go too much into it. It was a gaming conversation where I was like, yeah, we should probably go out to like Black Girl Geeks because you know they do this, or Black Girl Gamers if you want to have a gaming conversation that's diverse because everybody looks like you. And they're like, oh, there's a thing? And I was like, really? Really, guys? This is, it isn't new. Um, but there's this moments where you bring in this nuance of what a, a more fruitful, more interesting, more developed conversation sounds like because you see those perspectives and illuminate it. Because like, it's not just this or that. It's this and that and in between. Yeah. And I feel like I'm trying to, like, in an audio way, not be like, you should have known this, men, because they obviously didn't. I'm trying to, like, in a sonic way, give them a hug and put them under my arm and give them a noogie and be like, you should have known this. Come on. <laughs> and, like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. bring them along with us. Yeah. I really don't want to be alienating to them in any way because we're not going to get anywhere that way. It's not making enemies. It's making allies. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly yeah. right. And those are the dudes who write us a check and yeah. send a donation because they got something out of it, right? Like they felt like they felt welcomed yeah. and they learned and they see the, I think there's, there's, a, there's a growth opportunity there for everyone. 
So this is, I think we only have a few minutes left, so I wanna, since we don't really have a question and answer portion of this, and I feel like there might be some ideas in the audience brewing, um, what are some actionable ideas on stage that we can impart to the audience if they're wanting to make a podcast in these genres or beyond, and they want to not womansplain in the sense that we're doing the opposite of mansplaining, we're saying, you're wrong, men, it's more like, no, we're elevating women's voices and also bringing men along with us. So actionable tactic. Ask the question. Um, what? No, 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 no. Oh, oh no, that was, oh, the was like, that was actually the action. I will ask um, the question again. No, no. I will ask the question. No. <laughs> ask the question. Um, one of the things I think I've learned is that if you have the question, somebody else has it. And if you ask the question, you're going to get an interesting conversation. And that you should trust your knowledge. Um, you should be overprepared. Let's be real. Uh, I, I spent at least 72 hours researching whoever I'm talking to because the more I understand who they are, the more comfortable they are, the more they'll talk about it. But also ask the question. Ask the question of what's missing, what facts aren't there, what story hasn't been told, because somebody wants to know it and then trust that. Um, I think a lot of times uh, I know the best conversations I've had with folks that have turned out into the best shows or the best scripts I've written is when I go, you know, this is cool, and someone's told this story, but what's missing? What's the nuance? What's the thing that I would find really interesting about this? Because that's what makes a show so good, right? Because you're like, what's missing? What don't I know? And I think that's what's so great about the, the fact that you're laughing your way through this, because someone else out there wants to know it just as bad as you do. Um, and that's, I mean, that's, my action step, just ask the question. One of the biggest compliments I can receive from someone I interview is that they come back to me either over email in person to say, you really did your research on me. You really seem like you care about me. I'm like, yeah, I do. I care about what I do and I care about the person I'm gonna be in the room with for 40 minutes talking with. Yeah, Adele, what, what is an idea You're that you are also a professional. That's uh, what people do. And I, I find that shocking to me because yeah. that's what journalists do. Right. They you, do their background homework and they ask the right questions. And to be surprised that you like showed up and were professional. But I set the standard, nonsense. right? We set the standard then so that when they go into the next one, they can say that person, Manoush or Adele or Angelique or Joni, they did it. And now that's a, such a high standard. I expect everyone, man, women, whatever, to be able to do that. So. I think I would also say that's what good journalists do. Yeah. That's not what all journalists do. Um, or we would have less problems with language when it comes to women in articles. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. But Adele, what, what is uh, something else you'd give to the audience? Ooh, I'm trying to think. Um, man, I th when I think of some of the best conversations we've had on our podcast, I just, the first word that pops up to me is play like really enjoying another human. Like I don't care how successful they've been, just really relating to them on like, I'm human, you're human level. Let's just explore life together on this one topic. I think, you know, um, coming from a really serious writer job and just boom, 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 here are the questions. Um, I think the fun part about what we do, depending on what the topic of your show is, is just being able to play with the guests that we have on the show and just getting curious and just being silly sometimes. So I guess play is like the key word I would take away. And Manoush, like you gave us a great idea when someone were to come to us to say, like, 
you, maybe you should change something about you because something's wrong. And you responded adequately saying, no, actually, I hope that you stay with us. I want you to learn something in the process. For people who receive something akin to that in the room, what would you recommend that they take as a tactic to respond in a way that's not alienating, but welcoming, or somewhere in between? Oh, feel sorry for them. You know, poor David, that he thought, like, he's made it this long in his life thinking that women have to sound a certain way or that you're only right if, if you sound like a man or whatever. I just, I pity David, and that makes me feel better about myself. <laughs> no, but seriously, like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, like, it took me until I was 41 years old to realize that I had something to say. So y'all are way ahead of where I was for the first 20 years of my career. And um, I think part of the reason why I can speak to someone like David is because I was able to fit into that world for a very long time until, you know, the moment, right? Where you were like, wait a minute, this is wrong. And I don't have to talk like this and I can be myself and, um, and that actually has more impact. And I'm really grateful to my executive producer for being the person who brought that out in me. So lean on your team members when you are questioning your own capability. That's why your team really does matter. Um, it's really important that you have people who are with you and see things um, at least this, a little bit the same way. Well, I want to thank this team up here. You all have been great. Manoush, Adele, Angelique, and Joni. And thank you so much for attending. We'll explain this to me. And if you want to chat with us afterwards, please do. We love to talk, as you just saw. That was Joni Deutsch, Manoush Zamarodi, Adele Jackson-Gibson, and Angelique Roche speaking at the 2018 Work It Festival. Both the festival and the podcast are produced by WNYC Studios and are made possible by a grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Event sponsors include Spotify, Captera, Stitcher, Art19, Pandora, Himalaya, and Yale School of Management. 